What's up, Only Playbook fans? We're back for another episode, episode 41. We are recapping the divisional round. Holy shit, one of the best weekends of football I've probably ever experienced my entire life. Uh, some of the craziest games um, definitely did not disappoint the football fan um, in any sense of the fashion. So we'll definitely get into all of that. Again, I'm Sweetcar. I got Shashot, Shovit. What's going on, guys? Doing good, man. You're right. This was such a fun weekend. Every game was close. Every game down to the wire. Uh, I think the first three games were decided by field goals. Uh, last game decided by a touchdown <laughs> and overtime. What a fun, thrilling yeah, week. Did not disappoint. No. Did not. The only thing that disappointed was Aaron Rodgers. Nothing else really disappointed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was incredibly, you know, a lot of the games went not how most people expected, not how Vegas expected. So um, it's exciting to see for just casual NFL fans or fans that are just rooting for these teams that have not been here before. or It's not the same usual suspects, at least. So, uh, again, exciting, exciting weekend, a lot to uncover. Uh, obviously, we did have our special episode yesterday. We recorded with NFL safety for the Detroit Lions, Brady Breeze. Uh, that is about to be dropped maybe tomorrow, hopefully at the latest. So uh, thank you guys for, you know, enjoying tuning in all of that uh whenever that comes out we certainly appreciate all of the support with that and and recently we've seen a tremendous amount of uptick in instagram and everything so uh, we really appreciate all the support we're everywhere in social media twitter instagram tiktok apple spotify google anchor youtube channel at the only playbook so one thing i want to uh make note of is that none of us are really lions fans i got a lot of people been like oh what's going on here no it's just out of you know it's homage it's like we're just paying respects to our guest so we have this thing we're going to do for the rest of our uh time whenever we have a guest we're going to get their jersey we're going to wear it on the podcast get them to sign it and you know it's it's more about the the, the feeling behind all of that rather than just oh look at me got a lion's shirt on so i had a lot had a lot of fans are like oh yeah i thought you were a hardcore vikings fan where you got a lion's jersey on no he's just a, such a good yeah. guy uh, being able to talk to him he's just like Someone you can talk to about football, very knowledgeable about the game, and just a cool guy to hang out with because we watched yeah. the games later on with him, and it, it was just a fun and exciting experience, just yeah. like the games that what happened this week. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I feel like at, the, at this day and age, if you're still of the opinion that you can't represent another team's shirt or another player's shirt, like that's just, to me, at least from my perspective, I used to be a very emotional Vikings fan. I used to think that was ridiculous, but I would – I would rock a Cooper Cup Rams jersey any day. You know, so there are players that obviously we're going to represent, and obviously somebody that agrees to come on our podcast deserves right. all the recognition in the world. So yeah. uh, that doesn't take away our fandom, even in the slightest. But thanks, everybody, for the support so far. Again, we hope to be able to do things like this more on the regular, uh, and that just comes with the exposure that we can get for this podcast and all of the support. So appreciate all that. Shovit, let's jump into the recaps. Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals were the first game on this wild card ride that we had. They traveled to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Titans at home, the number one seed, getting King Henry back. So much fear instilled by this idea that King Henry was back. They were favored by three and a half points at home. Over-under sitting at 47 and a half. And Joe Burrow, as he's always done throughout his entire career in college, wherever he's been, he said, hell nah. Look at me, bro. I am the real deal. I am the next big thing. The Bengals come into Tennessee and win this game 19-16 defensive battle. Cover the three and a half point dog spread under 47 and a half hits. The Bengals are now going to be traveling to Kansas City in the to play in the AFC Championship game. A franchise that maybe even as little as three, four years ago, we all would laugh because they were just decades and decades of mediocrity and shit. And what's funny is they weren't bad. Andy Dalton was getting them to the playoffs every year. But good thing this franchise realized that that was not good enough. They passed on a very valiant quarterback that, you know, is top 15 in the league to get the playoffs every year but lose everywhere. Took a chance on a franchise quarterback, and this is the kind of shit that happens. So Cincinnati, holy shit, statement game. I'm happy for the city. What did you guys think? Yeah, Joe Cool. I'll call him that, and I'll tell you why I called him that later on. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, he had his work cut out for him in terms of the, what the Tennessee Titans were doing on defense. I mean, nine sacks. Five, I believe, in the first half is a postseason record. So despite that, um, they were able to still win the game, but kudos to some players on the Tennessee Titans. I will highlight a, uh, AJ Brown, who had a solid day, over 100 yards uh, receiving, uh, scored a touchdown for them when they needed to. Uh, I will also highlight um, Foreman, who 
looked really good in the second half when Henry wasn't playing. Foreman had his longest uh, rush of this season uh, with, over, I believe it was over 30 yards. 45. Uh, 45 is that what it was? 45 yards of rushing. And so Foreman, unfortunately, that was the same drive that they uh, believe they turned the ball over um, due to, a, I think it was Tannehill fumble interception, one of those two. Um, yeah, he had a lot of those. So. He, he had a lot of those. That's the reason they lost. There's Tannehill with three interceptions. First play comes in. Throws a pick. Tannehill, what are you doing? Vrabel's going to say, I mean, it's a whole team effort. It's not just one guy. But Tannehill, you definitely did not help their chances. And, um, you know, Bengals come out uh, with, I believe, uh, you know, less than two minutes in the fourth quarter. Um, McPherson comes in, kicks the field goal. And he tells Joe Burrow before he kicks the field goal, hey, I guess we're going to the <laughs> championship. championship. Like, yep. that sort of confidence in a kicker. I wonder where that started from. I mean, credit to McPherson. It probably his, is his own thing, but it starts with an entire culture shift that starts with literally Joe Burrow. Like, it starts with Joe Burrow. Yeah. What's funny is I used to watch McPherson highlights, like, a couple of years ago. I used to watch his – remember when the bottle cap thing was a thing, when people used to do the kicks? And, like, you know, they were, like – they would put a bottle there, mm -hmm. slightly loosened cap, and they would do, like, a like a roundhouse kick, and then yeah. they would, like, open the back. Yeah, well, McPherson was in that whole thing. He used to do a field goal. So what he did was – he placed the ball where, like, the second round of fans sit in a stadium mm -hmm. with a Gatorade bottle, with slightly open bottle. He kicked a field goal from somewhere like a 30-yard line or whatever. At this point, distance doesn't even matter because no matter where you kick it from, he kicked that ball, hit the edge of the cap. The cap turns, falls off, bottles just like that. What a flex. So, like, I remember seeing that, and now it's, like, all over the internet, all over again. I was like, it was that guy? No wonder he yeah. said, we're going to the AFC Championship game. Like, you know. Like we mentioned multiple times, there has to be all the pieces in play for a team to win a Super Bowl, unless you have like Hall of Famers like Ray Lewis and Ed Reed just kind of taking the, you know, just with big cojones, just been like, get on our back, we're going to get you to the Super Bowl. Well, this is a young Bengals team with all these youngsters, but the attitude is not young. You know, they're in yeah. here. They, they mentioned in their uh, post-game victory, even before this game, the last victory in the uh, locker room, they were like, yeah, they're, they've been doubting us from day one, but we have not been doubting us. Yeah. And that type of energy, you know, from the coach, from the running back, from the quarterback, from the kicker, like that's destined for greatness, right? Yeah. And that's, yeah. what, that's what we saw here. Like what's crazy is like when you get sacked nine times, you rarely win football games, right? And this game, actually, this is a really funny stat, but um, this game featured two quarterbacks who were sacked the most in the regular season. Joe Burrow was sacked 51 times. Tannehill Hill was sacked 47 times. So like, you know, just for both of them to make it this far with all the things they've had to endure. But that shitty process. offensive line, clearly, with all those sacks, right? That's what we would naturally point to. Right. Leading the league in sacks, their offensive line's probably bad. Mm -hmm. But here's Joe Burrow in the Bengals in the NFC, AFC Championship. Yeah, this is an outlier for sure. Like, yeah. in theory, you have to have a good offensive line. You're not going nowhere with a bad offensive line. So, um, yeah, they're just doing something special here, and I think that needs to be recognized. Yeah, yeah. I mean, keeping this cool, right? Like, so it was 20 seconds left. That's when the Bengals got the interception. 20 seconds left. You don't think that they're going to get a chance to get a kick of field goal. Gives it to Jamar Chase. Of course it's Jamar Chase, uh, who had over 100 yards. I mean, that guy is so fun to watch. He can evade people like it's nobody's business. Like mm -hmm. him and Tyreek Hill, like on that same level of evading uh, the defenders. And it was, I mean, that that's that's what I mean. Like nine sacks and still is able to come out and say, we're going to go out and win this game and uh, able to get in field goal range to win. Yeah. To point back to what you said about the, them saying in the locker room, that, that was, that was one thing that was huge to me is Joe Burrow said, yeah, winning our first playoff game in six years and hosting, it's great, but this should be the new standard for this franchise. We yeah. don't celebrate playoff wildcard victories anymore. Yeah. And that's, that's the mentality that every single football team in the NFL should have. Mm -hmm. Right, every single team. It's not a. It's not a celebration to make the playoffs anymore, because there's too many teams that have already won Super Bowls. There's too many teams still that have not even made the Super Bowl, let alone win. And those teams should not be celebrating anything short of that. As so, Kobe said, "Job's not done." Yeah, job's not done. That's not literally done. exactly what Joe Burrow reminded me of when he said that. Like that exactly is what came into my brain. And I mean, Jamar Chase. You mentioned it. We talked about this on the podcast. Best bet for this weekend was Jamar Chase over 77 and a half passing yards. Or Receiving, receiving yards. yards, passing yards would have been wild. Uh, <laughs> receiving yards. And 
what did we say? All it takes is one play for him to get all of that, if not a lot of that, if not half of that, and he had a 57-yard catch in, like, the first quarter. So um, it'd be things like that. You know, it'd be things like that that separate the only playbook from everybody else. We were killing it on yeah. the bets this week. Oh, dude. My, my prop bets were absolutely on a tear. Like, yeah. it, it, no, no shy of a tear. Like, I, I'll toot my own horn for this weekend because betting is ebbs and flows. Sometimes you're really, really bad. But this weekend and, and over the last week and a half to two weeks, betting has been fun. So, um, obviously, again, huge for Cincinnati. I'm so excited for this franchise franchise for this city for the fan base shout out arpon like i mean i know what it's like to be a fan of a team that you feel like every single year you're getting the same shit different year and that's been cincinnati for like 25 years that we've been watching football so for the first time in a long long time they're in the afc championship game uh and and i wish them the best of luck and and again what better against like who better to face for them than to you know, to be the best, which is what Joe Burrow and this entire franchise is now epitomizing, you have to take down the best. And on the other end, next Sunday is going to be literally the best. So uh, exciting ass game. Again, no shortage of that. So let's jump to the next one. The San Francisco 49ers, the number six seed, the wild card team traveling to Lambeau where nobody wants to play, where West Coast team going there is insurmountable. Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, this insane team all year with this insane defense obviously rogers huge thing to prove could this be his last year in green bay all of the storylines that surrounded them came into this playoff matchup at least for me i I think for all of us as green bay is the team to beat in the nfc and so san francisco was going to come in here with their handful nine degrees shit ton of snow very very cold uh they vegas wasn't giving san francisco much of a chance at five and a half point dogs over under sitting at 47 and a half Low scoring affair, right? I think that was the biggest thing that surprised me is there was not a much of a ton of offense here, but inevitably San Francisco pulls this off as an upset with the field goal again, like you mentioned, 13-10 final in the snow. Robbie Gold, how old is that guy now? 40? I don't know, but he doesn't have a hair in his ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Maybe not on his balls either. <laughs> I was going to ask how you knew that. But that's all oh, wait, yeah. damn. In his head. <laughs> but, dude, that guy, as cl- as clutch a kicker as they come, right, as consistent as we've seen in the league, we know kickers can flame out, wins it for them 13-10. Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers going home. Devontae Adams going home. Matt LaFleur going home. The Packers are Headed home after being the number one seed, after a storied year, after being you know the best team that they've put together in maybe 10 years, and that's how quickly your entire hopes and dreams can collapse. What did you guys see here? Yeah, Rod, uh, Aaron Rodgers got sacked uh, often, and he got sacked five times in the game. So San Francisco definitely came out there, and uh, although they gave a lot of uh, catches to Devontae Adams, I think in key plays they double-teamed him and um, did not allow him to get to the end zone. Actually, they didn't allow any receivers to get into the end zone. A.J. Dillon has the lone uh, touchdown for the Packers. Um, but, you know, it's a cold, snowy day. And you just expect a lot of running, maybe, uh, you know, some A.J. Dillon and some um, uh, Aaron Jones action. And Aaron Jones, I don't think he stepped up, only 3.1 yards per carry. Um, So the the running game couldn't get established. And although with Garoppolo throwing interceptions and things like that, the defense just stepped up, right? The defense stepped up on pump blocks. The defense stepped up on field goal blocks. They did yeah. everything they could to win the game. For sure. You watched Jimmy Garoppolo after the game. It looks like he threw for six touchdowns and no picks. Homeboy had a 57.1 <laughs> passer rating with a pick and no touchdowns. But that's, you know, good for him, I guess. It's just, you know, that's that's the whole – that's what I'm talking about when I talk about, like, you can't just say court, great quarterbacks create victories, right? Like, that he didn't do shit. You know, he had some great passes that got dropped. Unfortunate, very unfortunate. But if you really look at this game – this is a stout special teams. Do you know what the Green Bay special teams ranks? Dead last. Makes all sense. season long. And what did they do in the playoffs? Nothing. Just like how they're dead last special. They had 10 players on the final play. 10 players. What are you doing? You get a pump block. You get a field goal block. And on the most important play of the season, you have 10 players out there? What are you doing? Like, that guy's going to get fired in a heartbeat. But, um, to you know, to give some kudos to 49ers... I did give a stat saying it was uh, California teams are two and twelve playing Green Bay in December. Now they're three and twelve, and all three of those victories are the 49ers. And if you look back at this whole Aaron Rodgers versus the 49ers thing, him not getting drafted by them, him telling the uh, media, "Oh, they're gonna pay for what they've done by not choosing me." Well, this is the most embarrassing thing Aaron Rodgers has ever said because if he has one Achilles heel, it's the 49ers. 
He's now 0-4 in his career versus the 49ers in the playoffs. And now there's a guy named Kyle Shanahan who's probably the greatest offensive mastermind after Andy Reid to ever exist in his path forever. Like He's not going anywhere. That guy's going to be a quarterback or the head coach of the 49ers for a long time. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, if he wants to win a Super Bowl, he's going to have to get his ass over to the AFC. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's another guy named Patrick Mahomes over there just reigning away. So... It's really looking dim for this Aaron Rodgers business. He won't choose a team unless they're ready to win a Super Bowl now. I just don't think that green looks good on him. I think yellow looks really good. But yeah. the yellow and black combination. I think the yellow and black looks good on anybody. Aaron Rodgers, if you're listening, yeah, those black are like, and yellow. That's a very good combination, I feel like. That looks good on me. So, I mean, it probably looks good on Rodgers. But um, the, the way I look back at this game is I'm, I think the fault completely falls on the Packers, their offense. Because... The San Francisco 49ers had, what, three points heading into the fourth quarter, right? Mm-hmm. And all Green Bay could have did up until that point was muster up one touchdown from an Aaron Rodgers-led offense at home. I don't care you if could, it's snowing. You could, yeah, I don't care. You play in those conditions. Right. Rodgers, the Packers, always play in those conditions. So for them to, you know, do what they do in the cold, right? Run the football, play this, like, bruiser-style offense, but not be able to capitalize and put up any points— that's the sole reason the 49ers were still hanging around, and Mm -hmm. that's why a play like a blocked field goal or blocked punt makes all the difference, right? No offensive touchdowns for San Francisco, so their offense was non-existent. Green Bay's defense absolutely did their job. Absolutely did their job. But you're telling me Aaron Rodgers, we talk about this guy talent-wise, is probably the best of all time, better talent-wise than Tom Brady, right? Maybe Mahomes now, but talent-wise, this guy's like almost second to none, and he literally cannot score a single touchdown he does not mount any drives that lead to touchdowns after the first quarter so like what the fuck happened there and yeah. Matt LaFleur they're 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 an offensive minded team yeah. with it, Aaron Rodgers Kyle Shanahan happened dude Matt LaFleur versus Kyle Shanahan is not even a competition at this point uh, they both were in the same team at one point you know at the Redskins back days um, so I think he has his number in that sense. He knows literally exactly how LaFleur thinks. Yeah. And it's shown over the last five, six years, it's shown how easy he has his number. And, you know, another thing is Aaron Rodgers is now 11-10 and 10 in his career as a starter in the playoffs. Yep. That is mediocre as... He's won well. Super Bowl. Yeah. The, right. the Green Bay Packers had back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks for yeah. 30 years yeah. and two one, Super Bowls yeah, two to Super show Bowls. for it. Yeah, when you when you want this much respect, you mm-hmm. have to show something, yeah. right? Yeah. Like the freaking Tampa Bay Buccaneers now have two Super Bowls in like a span of what, like less than twenty years, mm-hmm. way less than twenty years. Mm-hmm. So you know, we give all this credit to Rodgers as all, he deserves a lot of that, almost all of that. However, now he's in the same com- like if if Garoppolo wins the Super Bowl, what's the difference between Rodgers and Garoppolo? Like. You know what I mean? Like, all that for what? For 11 and 10 in the playoffs? Yep. Yeah. But I still would go and grab Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, in Dude, a that's not, the, that's not the conversation. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, nobody, nobody's part. saying don't yeah. get Aaron Rodgers, but yeah. there is a serious problem here. Yeah, there is a reason. very vivident. Yes. But I think that, you know, Devonta Adams is like the guy that's targeted most out of any receiver mm-hmm. in, on that team, obviously, right? 10, recept, uh, 10 targets. Every other guy has one target. Like yeah. he needs some more help and yeah. more that's, people to but throw the ball to. How how is that his? That's I don't think he needs more help. The who's delegating where the targets go? The fucking quarterback is. The quarterback decides who's throw, where the football yeah. goes. But the guys so, got to be open as well. Yeah, no, but here's I the disagree. thing. Hold, I, on, I, I, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is why that's not correct yeah. because Aaron Rodgers had this difficulty with the Packers organization since week one, right? Like he's like, I'm not playing for this team, but I might play now. Whatever. He came back, roasted him live, but he showed us that without those superstars he can still come this far number one seed mm-hmm. with just one superstar how can we use that as the argument for this one game now we can't yeah lazard stepped up we've seen mvs have his game so like there's it's doable you, you could i could if you told me dh got three targets and they had like one catch to show for it sure he tried mm-hmm. every single one of them had one target so what you one and done like that, that 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 doesn't make sense to me aaron jones the running back got 10 targets so clearly if rogers doesn't want to give it to Devonte adams he has the option but he chose to check down to aaron jones right so I don't understand. Lazard's been great. Lazard's been more than serviceable. Don't tell me this 49ers second cornerback was able to shut down Alan Lazard from Aaron Rodgers. That will not make sense to me because Rodgers is not the kind of guy that's going to be like, hey, I only have Devontae Adams. I'm only going to throw him the ball. That's not his MO. That's the difference between an amazing quarterback and like a you know, maybe a mediocre one because an amazing quarterback can at times get his best guy right. involved, but also knows when to use that guy as a decoy to right. get the other guys this involved. Is, this is definitely on Rodgers. Like, 
think just look at this, okay? What do the 49ers do to beat teams? They run the ball well. Well, Elijah Mitchell had 53 yards rushing. Debo Samuel has 39. Yushchik had 14. Like, that's not enough to do what they do to win, to beat teams. They're not even doing what they need to do to win, right? And the passing game, I just talked about Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, he's not scaring nobody right now, right? When you have a shitty running game, shitty passing game, and you're playing against Aaron Rodgers at Aaron Rodgers' house in the snow, <laughs> 10 and points. And score a single offensive touchdown. 10 points. And you win the football game. That, that, so the reason this game was still a game in the fourth quarter is because of the Packers' inability to not just score. Let's, let's say not touchdowns, but. Aaron Rodgers can't mount drives to get to the opposing for team's 30 for field goals yeah. a couple of times. Like that, there's no way for yeah. two quarters this team should have been shut out on so, offense. There's just so no way. With one minute, 31 seconds left in the first quarter, mm-hmm. there was a punt, another punt, another punt, another punt, another punt, another punt, an interception, end of half. And then third quarter with six minutes left was the first score since that first score. <laughs> At six With six minutes left, the 49ers kicked a field goal. And then the Packers punted again. So, like, until nine minutes total time left in the third quarter, they were unable to freaking score since the first score? Yeah. I, I just don't want to say it's Aaron Rodgers' fault because if that punt is not blocked, then we're not having this conversation. Dude, that's not the but point. That's not how football but I, works. I don't, don't want to say that Aaron Rodgers is the reason they lost the game when, like— When when they win games, he gets all the credit? No, I'm not I'm not going to give him the credit when they win game, but I'm just saying that, like, there's a lot more that went on in this game besides Aaron Rodgers not performing no, as he should No, absolutely have not. Incorrect. No, 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 no. Things will go wrong. It is the playoffs. You are playing the 49ers. Things will get blocked. Things will get—like, these are the intangibles you can't— can you we can't agree? Hold on, hold on. Let me right. finish. These are the intangibles you can't game plan for. Things mm-hmm. may happen, right? But what you can game plan for is you have home field advantage in the snow against the Western Club. Like everything is pointed towards Aaron Rodgers having a great day, right? Mm-hmm. That's the only thing they could control out of all of this, and he couldn't do that. So, like, you can't say that. Like, you can't blame the defense. Play perfect. This is like about as perfect as you can play. Mm-hmm. Like the only score the other team had was on a block, right? So, like six points allowed on pure defense. What more do you want? Score one extra field goal, Aaron Rodgers. Get your team in the right position. Like, I know it's not. Mason Crosby also had a field goal that he missed. Right, right. Uh, I mean, I mean, right. th- there's also that. Right, but, but this isn't Kirk Cousins. This isn't Kirk Cousins. This isn't people that we easily be like, oh, you punted, you punted, you punted, you punted. You expect that from other people. You, there's a certain level of leadership. There's a certain level of when you're in the conversation as the best. Are you could be in the conversation as one of the best quarterbacks of all time? Mm-hmm. Ninety nine, nine times out of ten, you get all of the praise when your team wins and succeeds. Right. That's just how quarterbacking the the NFL works when you're a superstar, right? That's how it works. So when you lose, and it's not because you lost because it was thirty seven thirty three, then I wouldn't be pointing the blame at Rodgers. Thirty seven thirty three, then yeah, your defense fucking gave up too many points. Right. But when your defense gives up zero offensive touchdowns to the other team, but you're only able to muster together one touchdown in an entire you got, football game, you got at home, outplayed. That, uh, okay, yeah, against the San Francisco 49ers team defense, what are they the best in the league? No, they're not the best in the league. This team has given up twenty two points to the Bears, ten points to the Jaguars, twenty six points to the Falcons, seven points to even the Texans. There's bad teams that can put up points against this squad. So for the Packers at home and extra week to rest by week hell to the nah rogers does not get this 10 points is not acceptable 10 points is just not acceptable this game should never have been within one score to let a punt block dictate it because this is what i think happened Chauvet. the problem is they felt like they were in control the entire time because the defense was consistently getting stops right so at some point they were probably like you know what this offense has no chance to score against our defense so as long as we just protect the football and just keep running the clock and running the ball and and just getting by we're going to be okay and that's exactly what happened here they just got by they never put their foot on the gas they never were like you know what we have a chance we're already up seven nothing and our defense has shown that for the 49ers have no ability to get even a couple of first downs let alone score the football let's go up two three possessions and literally end this game in the first half but no that's what green bay did not do yeah. and that's it's, the it's, reason it, they- I, I hate to do this because i'm a big aaron Rodgers fan even though i'm a vikings fan like i respect him i i understand how clutch he is i get all of that that's why this is so disappointing that's why this has to go on somebody's shoulders and with the amount of praise that he gets on a daily basis for all the amazing things he does, you can't muster up more than one touchdown in one of the most important games of his life. You know, that that, that says something. That says, like, there's what? No, and, and think about this. It helps really put things into perspective how fucking hard it is to win or even get close to winning in the NFL. One of the best quarterbacks of all time has won Super Bowl. 
in, and he's been in the league almost 16 years now. He's won Super Bowl. Right. He just got bounced in the first round. Yeah, he's 11-10 and 10 in the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes over here on the other side. Obviously, he's a very big outlier, but it just shows that it can be done. He wasn't a number one pick. He was traded up for and drafted number 10 overall. This guy's won a Super Bowl, been to two in three years, and some people go their entire career touted as one of the best quarterbacks of all time, and they fail to even make Super Bowls to contend for that. So, like... Huge praise on that side, but at the same time, we consistently put Aaron Rodgers in the name of the best quarterbacks of all time. And at some point, when like you're there, there's a parallel. You have to look to winning. And as crazy as we, as clutch as Aaron Rodgers is, is all these regular season wins as he racked up. He's 11 and 10 in the postseason. That's one loss away from being 500 in the postseason, which means it's a fucking coin toss when Aaron Rodgers starts, whether your team wins or loses. Right. So it, it's almost like. Is this a reality check that as talented as Rodgers is, he can't be in the conversation as one of the best of all time? He has one Super Bowl. Yeah, this this does hinder his the talk. Like for me, Aaron Rodgers is better than Brady. Yeah, Be- Brady is. I'm not gonna argue that. Yeah, he's definitely. There's no conversation. I will talk to you all day about why Aaron Rodgers is better than Brady and so many different reasons. But now there's a difference in this conversation. There's a clear cut difference with seven points from your offense in one of the biggest games in your life. You cannot be considered the goat. You just can't. Yeah. One Super Bowl, man. I mean, you're you're almost on the tail end of your career and you're Big Ben has two Super Bowls. <laughs> Big Ben Eli Manning has two Super Bowls. This is one of the best defenses we've seen the Packers ever have. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Ever have. Yeah. Unreal. Unreal. I mean, th- that's beautiful. I loved that conversation by the way because that was that was it was raw it was raw that's what it should be i mean dude that's it's crazy because the expectations for green bay were so so big and this is like a huge like a dud they laid a dud at home to me is exactly kind of what happened but kudos san francisco they're making a run the wild card team is now in the nfc championship they're going to travel to la to take on a divisional rival the third time they face each other san francisco's won both of the first two matchups so holy shit san francisco's one more win away from <laughs> super bowl did the san francisco 49ers not play the chiefs just a couple years ago in the super bowl they did i thought they yeah. played the patriots who did the Chiefs beat in the Super Bowl to get win the title? Patriots. Oh no, Chiefs beat uh, the NFC. Forty Niners. Was it? Dude, I. Well, we'll go back. And this is, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. But um, it's going to be exciting for them again. A team that was needed to clinch the playoffs in the final week, but they had so much more. We all we all knew that this team was getting hot at the right time, and they were put together well. Kyle Shanahan's a fucking genius. Forty Niners. Yeah, it's Forty Niners. Thirty-one twenty. Was that the year that the Vikings won the Minneapolis Miracle and then went to 49ers and just died? It was 2020. So oh, it might have been. No, that no, no. That's the Jaguars season. That uh, was the. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> the last time the Chiefs won prior to that, it looks like it's 1970 against the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, well. yeah. The Vikings are on the opposite end of a lot of those stats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, I'm super excited for the 49ers. I'm excited for some of these players that we've enjoyed watching. Debo Samuel, dude, like X Factor galore. Like. Uh, I don't know. It's exciting. It's exciting times for them. Kittle, all those guys. Um, it's going to be a fun matchup. Let's jump to the next game on Sunday. The first game of the doubleheader on Sunday featured Matthew Stafford and his new LA Rams traveling to Tampa Bay to take on Tom Brady and the former Super Bowl champs, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers at home here, two and a half point favorites over under 48. We knew the Buccaneers came in with a slew of injuries. They had some injuries on their offensive line that we thought could be a problem against Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, and those guys. And uh, I think at the end of the day, that ended up being the biggest problem. Rams come in here, win this game 30 to 27. They cover the two and a half point dog spread. Money line outright, over 48 hits. The Rams, like I mentioned, are now hosting an NFC championship game at SoFi against the 49ers uh, next week. And then what happens if they win that game? They host another game. And if they win that game... They get one bye week, and then the Super Bowl is literally at SoFi. Yeah. Did you guys hear? Oh, sorry, did you, real quick. Did you guys hear what like Frank Gore and Joe Staley were doing? They were saying any Rams fans that are reselling those tickets, Joe Staley and uh, Frank Gore will buy every single one what? of them because they want 49ers fans to be there. Because there's been pr- there's been problems yeah. in SoFi right now with getting enough Rams fans yeah. there and opposing fans. So there's a chance that that place, although home field for the Rams, could, could be? be 49er yeah. territory. Freaking West Coast, man. <laughs> It's wild. It's wild. Incredible. Talk to me about this Rams Bucks game. Yeah, it was it was crazy because um, the Buccaneers were down twenty seven to three, and if you you know yeah. if you watch historically, the there's, there's, historically. there's 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 texts about and I'm shocked. There's texts from like every single one of us saying this game was over. Every single one of us yeah. guys that we typically are not we we wait until yeah. the fat lady sings. Yeah. We're like this game's over. 
And you know who was fucking playing Tom Brady? And we yeah. all had the audacity to yeah. say this game's over. It's yeah. wild. And you know he's done it in the Super Bowl twenty eight three, and he almost did it. He almost uh, got honestly, it. honestly, it was the turnovers. Well, it, for but sure. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. But he still had to score and capitalize yeah. Yeah. on the turnovers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hey, the Rams came out, played lights out. Kudos to guys like Matthew Stafford. Kudos to like Tyler Higby, who's yeah. been consistent yeah. this whole. I year. like him, man. Yeah. Underappreciated. Absolutely. And um, you know, OBJ also like great addition. Von Miller. I mean, these are all guys that made a big. Uh, impact on the game. Von Miller had a strip sack, forced a turnover mm-hmm. um, for the Rams. And uh, at the at the very, I'm just gonna fast forward to the very end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you guys can talk about the Buccaneers. But when Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford make connections two plays in a row mm-hmm. to get them in field goal range, and Matt yeah. Gay comes and kicks that field goal. I mean, that was incredible, yeah. incredible uh, to you know persevere and beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I, I this game was amazing because I was watching with my dad, and he like, you know, he, he's a he's a newer fan, so he has no idea what's actually happening on the screen, and he's like, yeah, Tom Brady's getting destroyed, and he goes to like take a bathroom break, he's like, oh, yeah, they're catching up, and he goes to make tea, and like, oh, okay, it's like, yeah, and he just keeps coming back, and then at this point, we're supposed to go to someone's house to have dinner, and he just like, he comes in, and he's like, okay, well, I guess you should never count out Tom Brady. I was like. Yes, there Dad. You, go. you just learned some points today. You understand that you should never count out You're Tom leveled Brady. Up. Leveled up in his football knowledge. Um, but, yeah, so for me, it's a very clear-cut reason why the Rams won this game, and that's because uh, Tom Brady, this this uh, handsome, prestigious man of the NFL, their pride and joy, their poster boy, never gets pressured, right? Like, we've talked about his stats about how he's, like, pressured on 17% of his plays or something like that. Something abnormally low, whereas... Peyton Manning and those other guys that won uh, many Super Bowls get pressured heavily. So this was the main factor. The Rams defense pressured Tom Brady 17 times, the most pressures Brady's faced in a game this season. So he wasn't ready for that. He was not ready to handle getting hit in the chin and all that kind of stuff. And that was done by Von Miller, who also played the best game in years. So per uh, new uh, uh, next gen stats, uh, Von Miller finished with a team high nine QB pressures. That's the most he's had in a game since 2018 Week Seven. So he came out to play, and we saw it happen live in front of us. He was out there just destroying them. He was like just running over these dudes and taking advantage of the people that were injured and the newer guys. So they knew they knew the formula, the same formula we mentioned on the podcast last week. You got to take advantage of these all pro uh, offensive linemen that were injured or out and. They did it. They did it. And they did it in a weird way that they have never done before. The Rams actually became, uh, this is the first time they've won a game after having four giveaways or more. So, and then they became the fourth team in NFL playoff history to lose four or more fumbles in a playoff game and still win the game. So very much, they had the energy throughout the whole game, but those miscues by Akers and all those, even Cup had that fumble. They literally gave Tom Brady a chance to come back, but at the end, they were like, wait a second. We got Cooper Cup. Uh, I'm not that great of a quarterback, but I can throw it deep. And he's like, made it happen. So they did what they had to do to win this game. Yeah, Cam Akers, man, he gets two fumbles, right? One in the red zone and then one late in fourth yeah, quarter, you're right? trying to run out the clock, and you that's get what started fumble. the career. That started the comeback. The yeah. first fumble by yeah. Cam Akers, and it wasn't even just in the red zone. It was like the two yard line or the one yard line. How, why did Cam Akers all of a sudden just assume like total control of this backfield? Yeah, so uh, Chris Collins or was that? The, I think it was Chris Collins, whoever the announcer was. He was yeah. like, right after the first fumble, the second drive, Cam mm-hmm. Akers was still there, mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, Sean McVay typically likes to bring in the other guy after this. I like your Tim Collins or a voice right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he was like, but looks like they have a lot of faith in him. Looks like they're gonna use him for the rest of the game. That's really good for a young running back. It's gonna build confidence, and now he's gonna be taking this yeah. into the next game. And then what do you know? That same drive. He fumbled, or a couple drives later, he fumbles again. And then, you know, everybody's eyes just went to, like, Chris Cole. What do you have to say now? He's like, I just don't get it. Sony Michelle was having a great year. Yeah, like, he was. he was playing really well. Yeah. For him to literally just get one carry, and it's not like Akers had a Akers actually had a really bad game. Yeah, it was He averaged two yards a carry, and he got yeah. 24 it, it's carries. The Bucks defense. And he fumbled twice. It's the Bucks defense. So, like, that's another reason why you shouldn't, like, just take Akers to the ground here. That's your future. And they're like, oh, you came back two games and, you know, had a pretty easy game last game. Let's just make you our workhorse coming out of an Achilles injury. They not learn anything from Todd Gurley and what happens when you Ah, uh, do that to running backs. These teams just all care about winning and money, not players' health. Um, But, yeah, Cooper Cup, insane. Um, I just, watching that one route, the first catch of the two catches, not the deep one, but that, like, shimmy, dude. 
there's there's probably not a single defender in all of football that could have stopped that because it it was just insane i mean people wonder why cooper cup justin jefferson tweeted out why is cooper cup so open every damn play Mm -hmm. i mean and that's exactly why dude his routes are insane absolutely insane it doesn't matter if he's lining up inside outside in the backfield he comes out and fumbles very unorthodox that was like the second the first Cam Akers fumble and then the next possession, Cooper Cup fumble. Yeah. And so it was just leading to this Brady comeback. But then he comes back with two huge catches um, and they get into field goal range and win. But, dude, yeah, this was this was just – it was really fun to see this become a football game because, I, I don't know, I, yeah, everybody hates Brady or whatever just because he wins all the time and all this crap. But, like, I don't really care about that. Like, I know Brady's good, so I wanted a good football game. So knowing that Brady's out here, like, shit in the bed in, in, a, in a divisional round game, I was just like, man, this is not a good football game. So – as much as the Rams kind of handed the Brady and the Bucks a comeback with like three fumbles back to back to back, it was still fun to see Brady be able yeah. to capitalize, turn this into a game. 27-27, and then, yeah, we shit on him a lot, but the Rams got the ball back with 42 seconds left. Matthew Stafford could have absolutely crumbled. We could have taken this into overtime, and then you know what happens in overtime. Bucks win the coin toss, and they win the game. So yeah. uh, for Stafford to still have the poise to drive them down to the game-winning field goal, kudos to you, man. This is the biggest stage you've probably ever been on in your entire career, and um, at least for the time being, you've delivered. So yeah. uh, good good for the Rams. Again, they're hosting the 49ers. Huge game next week. Um, the hugeness just never, never stops. stops. It never stops huging. So uh, let's kick it to the Sunday night game. The best football game I've probably ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> hands down. Yeah, hands down. I, I can't. How, how can you make an argument? What other game has been better than this game? The, only, the Rams and Chiefs game? That, that, that was the other game yeah. that I was thinking of. And that's what gets me so excited is that there's a possibility that we see that same yep. matchup with even a better, with a better quarterback. quarterback. Yeah. But, yes, the, the Bills and the Chiefs here. Buffalo traveling to Kansas City. Huge, huge game. Uh, one and a half point spread. Kansas City favored at home, barely over under 54. Uh, this game, again, like I just said, was probably the best football game I've ever watched. A lot of it transpired in like the final two minutes of the football game. It's such a testament to like this new age NFL and time doesn't matter. Time of possession, running the clock, milking the clock. When two teams can combine for 25 points in a minute 58. Fuck all that run the clock, protect the football crap. Get you an offense, get you a quarterback that can score points in hurries. And that's exactly what both of these guys did. There was a time probably where both teams, both fan bases thought they had the game won. And that roller coaster in the fourth quarter was something that we as football fans fucking live for, man. We fucking live for. At the end, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, gun to our head, were just a little too much (laughs) to handle for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills in overtime. 42-36 final. You couldn't have scripted a better football game that we wanted, honestly. You could not have scripted it. They come away in overtime, win the game. These quarterbacks put on, I mean, the showcase of one of the best quarterback duels I've ever, ever seen. And the last thing I'll say before I kick it off to you guys was... Much, much respect, Patrick Mahomes. Immediately after the game happened, before celebrating with his fans, runs halfway across the football field and finds Josh Allen, and they have this huge he moment. Said, he said like uh, something along the lines of, uh, there's a lot more of this coming. Yeah. So like a lot of people interpreted that as like, oh, yeah, he's got respect gonna, for him. No, or, or it's just... <laughs> or, or he's like, get ready, bitch. Like, get ready for this <laughs> second place. Army whooping your ass. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, th- that that's huge kudos. Um, and again, dude, th- it's just one of those games where you feel for the other team because both teams played probably to their maximum yeah, capability. for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, they did. Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. This was the battle that we talked about. You said you had goosebumps last week just thinking about the game, and yeah. they played lights out. Josh Allen, the way he zips the ball into, like, tight coverage, uh, gets the ball to guys like Gabriel Davis with Jeez. four freaking touchdowns. Yep postseason record um it was isn't was incredible to see the 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 bills scored first but the chiefs had an answer for everything that the bills were doing up until the last 18 seconds and uh one thing that i will say about this game minus the stats and all of that was maybe the decision to kick the ball outside of the um, you know, get the when you're doing the kickoff outside of the end zone was not a good decision. Mm-hmm. Waste some more time. You sh- maybe you could have squib kicked yeah, it, wasted was a little bit more time instead of because 18 seconds, 13, uh, 13 seconds, yeah. which is crazy. I mean, you have yeah. time for one play, and that's a Travis Kelsey yeah. play to get them in field goal range. If you burn more time, maybe you have a better chance of. Yeah, they could have easily milked at mm-hmm. least three or four more seconds, and that yeah. could have been it. You know, that, that's very important. I was watching this with a bunch of older people, 
and uh, you know the roller coasters they're not used to riding but I you know I play Madden I these type of roller coasters are like what we live for like you mentioned so like they were like 13 seconds uh, it's over I was like it's over like your Chiefs aren't gonna win Sasso. and I was like he's got a timeout and it's literally the best quarterback in the NFL on that side and they're still you know there's Travis Kelsey there's Tyreek Hill they don't know these names so they're like but then little did they know it just turned around and watch all these jaws drop from these older people it just made me so happy because that just showed them why this is so such a big deal to me you know like they, now they're gonna watch these patrick mahomes my mom knows who patrick mahomes is and he's a quarterback in the nfl which is outlandish i would have never thought that was ever gonna happen but um yeah from a football standpoint this was i remember last podcast i was saying how tyree kill just doesn't even really get used anymore and everything and they need to use him if they want to like take that extra step and they did they actually put him in punt return which they really never do nowadays until from like his first two years in the league don't know why it's just to save his energy and whatnot but now i think they have trust in these players like pringles and these robinsons like they've had enough time with patrick mahomes to even if they're not the best they have they know his tendencies they know where he likes to throw the ball so now that trust level grows so that means they can utilize tyreek hill in places that he has never had to use, uh, been used that much. So, like, that palm return was, like, what, 45 yards? That was crucial as well. So, a lot of big plays from a lot of big names. Even Edward Hilaire was running all over the field at the beginning of the game. The Chiefs just came out and just played their perfect football, right? Like, literally perfect football. And that's what it takes to beat a rising, like, on-fire team like the Bills who literally have no weaknesses. They have way less weaknesses than the Chiefs do because the Bills actually have a good defense, right? Chiefs yeah. defense, still suspect. But this is the outcome. When you have such a high-powered offense, your lackluster defense Thank you. doesn't matter. Thank you. Your number one defense in the NFL coming up to this game gave up 42 points. So what the fuck does it matter when you have a number one defense for 19 weeks? When you have yeah. an all-time quarterback, when you have a great quarterback that you cannot scheme for, when you have an improviser, which there's so many more quarterbacks oh, that are becoming man. that in the league, I don't give a flying fuck what kind of defense you have because that's the that's in the word, improvisation. That's why these guys are so good because the set defense is not what is happening 17 seconds into the play when they're running mm -hmm. this way and running yep. that way and running this way. So I don't care how good your defense is. Yes, in a perfect game script, when you have an ideal defense, you're probably going to have a good chance to win. But when you're in a situation when you're going up against if it's either side right because even the chiefs they'd been fumbling the bag with their defense recently but for eight weeks their defense was the best in the league and the two you know really good defenses 42 to 36 so um it's this just shows that again this new era football this the nfl is just transitioning right now to an offensive heavy off yep. nfl it's transitioning now to a everybody's looking for a quarterback that can't can do more than just throw the ball right that can improvise that can do things that defenses as much as they want to game plan for can't yeah can't yeah the only person that could end that conversation that even has a shot at like taking this conversation out the window is jimmy garoppolo right now at this moment if somehow he wins the super bowl then you're like crap maybe good defenses are slightly no I'm, but yeah i'm not saying they can't but i i gave a stat like three podcasts ago 90 percent of super bowl winners were either first round quarterbacks or perennial hall of famers so yeah you can be the 10 percent, but we we're a game we, we play stats right we play fantasy football game of chance game of stats game of odds so what are the odds in your favor at hoping that everything around you is perfect and being the one 10 or being the 90 percent taking chances right, on yeah. top quarter right. no no, no. It, it's tough finding a patrick mahomes no, it absolutely um, is a josh allen so do you shy away from that i mean it's it's tough like I don't know. I don't know the what the recipe for that is. I mean, you you've gone through a lot of quarterbacks that you drafted in the first round that have not produced, and like you know, there's there's been instances of that. So when you get lucky, I mean, you just kind of ride that, and uh, so it, yeah, it, it's I mean, it's a lot of luck involved in finding that quarterback as well. Right. So for me, there's a clear blueprint to winning a Super Bowl for me, like in this day and age. If you ask me the same question five years ago, when the Minnesota Vikings defense was like unstoppable and all these other big defenses. But now we're literally in an era where defenses don't matter. As long as Patrick Mahomes is alive, defenses, you're like the whole NFL has to change the way they draft. As long as Patrick Mahomes, I don't care about anybody else. I don't care about Josh Allen. I don't care about nobody else. As long as Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are there, they're going to win all the Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. At least like get to the, like they've been in the NFC AFC, uh, championship game four years in a row now. Yeah. Like, should should people not be getting like being more aware of what you need to be like them 
And and it's one of those things where it's like, dude, what are we clinging on to? Like you just said, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's hard to find. No shit, it's hard to find. That's why the people that find them are paying dividends and in the NFC Championship every single year. But that doesn't mean you don't risk the chance of trying to find them. Like, yeah. I, like your goal as a franchise is to win, right? It's not to maintain, sustain a level of mediocrity for 10 years so that your ass doesn't get fired. That's not what the goal of a franchise is. So like the Patrick Mahomes situation, they could have not done that. They had Alex Smith. He's... Top 15 quarterback in the league. He'll do the job. You got a great defense around him. He'll get the job done. He took the 49ers to the Super Bowl. So he clearly can do it. What did they say? They said, fuck that. We've seen the ceiling for this guy. We have a chance to trade up. So it's not like this guy fell under their lap. It's not like he was the number one pick and he was default by their draft pick. Their GM or whoever the hell is running this team saw something in Patrick Mahomes and they said, let's take a chance. Our franchise is already in a good situation. Let's elevate that. And if it doesn't work out, then we regroup. That's what mm -hmm. being a franchise is. Yeah. You try to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> What's so funny is I was in Grenada, like my first year there when Patrick Mahomes was labeled starter. Yeah. And me and my, this one friend, Dan, bald Dan is what we call him. We argued for like 30 minutes on why uh, Baker Mayfield versus Patrick Mahomes. Damn. For like three hours, yeah. like serious conversations. And like, What's crazy is Baker Mayfield on paper could very well just be Patrick Mahomes, right? Like he has all the intangibles here and there. I get it. I get it. But look at this. Yeah. Like look at this. There's he's something just, different. He's just not as accurate as Patrick Mahomes. Nobody. Patrick nobody Patrick is as accurate. is an accurate quarterback. He is able to evade the pocket and like he ran. He ran often. Dude. This, yeah. this there was week. like four sacks in the first quarter that turned into first downs or yep. touchdowns. He right. ran a sack into a touchdown. Right. So like. Yes, we can't find these players, and some some players like look at the uh, like Panthers, right? Like they're gonna go to their grave, or the Jets, they're gonna just die getting drafting quarterbacks like different, unique quarterbacks. Sam Darnold, he's got the moves, he's got this and that. It's gonna fail. Yeah. Like it's it's a process. No, not everyone's gonna hit on the Patrick Mahomes, but you get the Burrows and you get the Herberts, right? Like Herbert wasn't a number one draft pick, right? So they're there. Yeah, they're there, and now you would you would be absolutely foolish to think that you can still make do to win a super bowl uh -huh. you can make do to make the playoffs and then you can uh, bank on fumbles and luck yeah or you can at least draft like what the what the chiefs did right like they didn't they had mahomes and they didn't immediately throw him into the starting they at least let him understand what alex was a year of bench yes so yeah. th they let him like you know patrick mahomes threw like seven like five interceptions in his first preseason game right so like there's a learning process and he learned from alex smith who, who is one of the greats right like it's not he just, it just sucks that he doesn't have the skills that Mahomes does, but he's still a fundamentally sound starting quarterback in the NFL. It was at that point. Yep. So Mahomes learned all that from him, used his own uh, unique abilities to capitalize, and then Patrick Mahomes was created. Yeah, he made adjustments. And throughout the first week, there were a lot of, you know, Patrick Mahomes wasn't this Patrick Mahomes that we know of, that yeah. we, we are used to. But Foolish. he is taking his time, being patient checking his reads and options and he's got guys like kelsey like travis kelsey that's a guy that you want to also draft a tight end like that that has speed that has the strength the build and that can catch there, the bro. ball but give me any tight end with Mahomes, bro give me any tight end with Mahomes. give me dawson knox you can get tight ends like that in fifth rounds you don't need a travis kelsey yes it's nice to have travis kelsey but patrick Mahomes does not need travis kelsey that to me diminishes patrick Mahomes' value which travis kelsey can go to another team and he's not going to put up these numbers patrick Mahomes can get another tight end and that tight end will instantly probably put up a thousand yards book it right i mean that's that's a given that's yeah. why patrick mahomes so he doesn't and that's why we just said tyreek hill has become a luxury yeah. because of patrick mahomes yeah any other team would die to give patrick right. tyreek hill the ball 20 times but I, I also think they don't make it to four straight championships uh afc championship games without Tyre, uh travis kelsey though right I agree. kelsey's still like very very good i know? agree so that's i'm i'm, I'm talking that I'm, I'm saying it's like a synergy it's like you have an elite type by the way travis kelsey is now the greatest receiver in playoff history um a lot of that is because of patrick mahomes but what i'm saying is patrick mahomes abilities travis kelsey's abilities make this what it yeah. is right they, they're both amazing but the key here is definitely patrick mahomes and it's travis, been patrick mahomes. travis kelsey was a third round draft pick so yeah. who, who, like that there's plenty of tight ends in third rounds that you can find yes they're not all going to turn out like travis kelsey travis kelsey is 100 percent, arguably probably one of the best tight ends of all time but he is the biggest benefactor of having a guy like like patrick oh, Mahomes. Sure, if sure. he was in that same system and alex smith has started five years no there's no way yeah, his like numbers half of his good. yards are probably yeah. from broken down plays exactly right? from running this way and then running this way and mahomes just being like this and then finally finding him yeah you know, like if the read's not there initially, yeah. Yeah. he's screwed for every yeah. other average quarterback. So, um, dude, it's just this this weekend to me just showed me how like 
the night and day difference it is in every other NFL team that doesn't have a quarterback that's capable of all of this, not even the best, like not even Mahomes, right? You talked about it, Herberts, the Burroughs, like even Deshaun Watson was in a top 10 pick. And like Deshaun outside Watson his could be just as good as Mahomes exactly. right now. Exactly. So what you have to do is try to take a risk. And the, 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 uh, what is it? The head of player personnel for the uh, Chiefs is interviewing for the Vikings GM position, yeah. right? Po and obviously, he's got a huge leg to stand on because he was the deciding factor in trading up and yeah. getting Patrick Mahomes. Getting the Kelseys drafted. And, and not just getting them, but developing them and helping develop them into what they've become, right? So, like, those are the kind of things where you're like, it's luck, but yeah, those people that are in charge of that are also paid millions of dollars. So, yes, it's also luck, but it's also their job. Yes, they're going to miss a lot of times, but it's also their job. So, they should be trying hard to do that and not being like, this is hard to do so instead of making this a priority let's just make everything else a priority and that's where the nfl has slowly started to just leave those teams in the dust and all these other teams that are taking risks and finding quarterbacks are like literally the top of the top of the fucking shelf yeah the only the only thing that can uh you know overcome not having a good quarterback is having a um it's not a good defense it's having a Offensive good uh, no not even everybody needs to have a good offensive line that's just a given you just have to have that um but the only thing you can survive to make the, uh, the Super Bowl without a uh, playmaker and quarterback like Mahomes is a good coach. It's a good coach with a good scheme. Like, you know, like the 49ers. Shanahan. Like, yeah, Shanahan, exactly. Like the 49ers, his, the, he understands Garoppolo's cap. Yeah. Everybody understands Garoppolo's cap. So what do they do? They have three motions in one play. So that automatically boosts Garoppolo's skill level. It just does because now the defenses can't adjust to, like, even if he had, makes only one read. The pre-adjustment moves is basically like he's making the they're making the reads for him. Yeah. So it's like it makes it a lot easier. So that's the only thing that you know. If if you still want to make it a Super Bowl, if you don't have a great quarterback, is you need to have a Kyle Shanahan, which is very rare. Yeah. So again, the Chiefs take care of business here. This was such a back and forth game. Bills seven nothing early. Kansas City went up twenty three to fourteen. Bills came back twenty nine twenty six. There were ever. six lead changes, twenty five points in the final two minutes. I mean, the overtime rule. Obviously sucks. I know that that was a big, big topic of discussion, yeah. which I, I totally am in line with keeping that overtime rule for like regular season, just because at the end of the day, you don't need regular season games going in 17 overtimes. It's just not realistic. But to see a team that played as well as the Bills did yeah. not even get a chance to retaliate yeah. in overtime, that sucks. It, that, it, that's just not it, good for the it, sport. It sucks, but I have no sympathy for the Bills for that reason, for, for that topic. Like, you, your defense sucks. Stop Mahomes. I know it's easier said than done, yeah. but that's still a side of the football game right. you got to play. Yeah. You can't just be like, oh, it's Mahomes, so we're just going to let him score. Oh, coin toss lost. Game over. Yeah, it, it used Wrong to be mentality. a field goal wins the game. Yeah. And yeah. now it's not. I mean, you, as long as you just allow a field goal, yeah. you have a chance. And you yeah, didn't they could have still played good defense. I would have hated that even if the Bills got the ball and scored, right? Because we know the Chiefs defense is bad. I still would have been pissed that Mahomes did not get yeah. a chance to answer just because yeah. this is one of the best football games no. we've ever seen. No, I get time. it. The rule sucks, but that is the rule, right? So you you when they were doing the coin toss, they knew the rules. So it's like, it, it's, it's a terrible rule. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, I, but I just think it's it, in all facets, it helps the game. Money, like viewership, all that. So yeah. there's no reason this rule should exist. Yeah. Other no, than like it's, making it's other fans. It's dumb. But but hearing some of the Bills fans complain, I'm like, dude, like they knew the rules. You knew the rules. That's just the way it is. The rule sucks. I get it. But that's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. So again, Chiefs now hosting an AFC championship. They have become obviously a dynasty at this point. Already won a Super Bowl, already been to two and, and one went away from being on their way to uh, another one. So um, it's going to be obviously a really, really exciting next week. We have two games on tap. We'll definitely discuss more of those on the preview episode. Uh, let's kick it into our studs and duds. I will start us off. My stud and dud. My stud this week is going to be Cooper Cup receiver for the Rams. Nine catches, 183 yards, and a touchdown. Did have a big fumble that helped contribute to the comeback for the uh, Buccaneers and Brady, but also had that insane route for 20 yards and then had that 44-yard catch at the end uh, to solidify that field goal for them. So uh, coming up big where it mattered, uh, love after the game, said it was a team effort, you yeah, know, he's, obviously. Dude, he's like, like if I if I had a son... I want him to be Cooper Cup. Yeah, dude. Like, the dude's amazing. Just a great great dude, great football great player. Guy. Probably just a great locker room guy. Probably a great teammate. Who knows? Maybe we'll get him on the podcast one day, and he can tell us all about that. <laughs> uh, he is absolutely my stud. My dud of the week is going to be none other than Ryan Tannehill. Dude, you are the reason yeah, the absolutely. Titans lost. Absolutely. First play of the game, interception. First drive of the second half, you take it all the way down to the red zone. First and goal at the nine, interception. So, dude, you just can't do that when your team only depends on you to not fuck up. Dude. You're not even the guy that they oh. say, go out and 
win the game for us. Hey, Tannehill, go out there and don't fuck shit up. And that's exactly what you did. And that gave the Bengals life, and the Bengals win. And Ryan Tannehill, you are my dud. Your future's in jeopardy. Yeah, nice. Um, Tannehill, yeah, I don't know what you were doing there. <laughs> um, so my stud for this week is going to be uh, Gabriel Davis. I mean, that guy was finding ways to get open in so many different ways, and it helps when you have a quarterback like Josh Allen who can thread the needle and give the ball uh, God, to th- you. God, that 75-yard touchdown pass. Dude, <laughs> first play. Dude, the one that you immediately texted about, that like zip into like right into some guy's oh, yeah, hand yeah. on yeah, the yeah. slot. Yeah, Dude, those are just insane. And Mahomes was doing his fair share on the yeah. other end too. Yeah. It's wild. Um, so yeah, the solid, solid uh, four touchdown world. I mean, not the world record, but the NFL record. <laughs> probably be. the world. Record. I know who it, else. Well, I mean, yeah, it technically is the world record. If it's the yeah. NFL record, it's yeah. probably uh, eight receptions, two hundred one yards. My dud for this week is gonna be guys, the guy that we debated highly about, um, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, twenty for twenty nine, two hundred fifty twenty five yards. I don't think that the twenty for twenty nine and two hundred twenty five yards is Dudley. I think the not getting into the red zone and zero touchdowns is the Dudley factor in this game. Yeah. So, um, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, you get the yeah. Dud. It's funny because your dud is like a serious fucking like shitty yeah. dud yeah. and your dud is like a legendary quarterback right so like dud doesn't have to be that you played terrible visually mm-hmm. but the reason why the game didn't go the way you did and the responsibilities that you have in yeah. order to make that not happen that's why you get the dud. expectations right expectations versus reality exactly yeah so okay so uh my stud is uh, a guy that i talked about last week how he's a luxury I talked about this week as a luxury when this man is utilized to his full potential and that luxury aspect plays in the plays into the game perfectly while the Pringles and while the Kelsey's and all those other guys are still scoring, it's impossible. It's impossible to beat the Chiefs. Literally impossible. So that happened. They even utilized him as a return man, got 45 yards, big play, huge drive, that drive. Um, so for those reasons, going 11 for 13, just playing the probably the best game he's played in months, uh, stud. Um, and then dud, Un- unfortunate dud, not the Tannehill kind of dud, but not the Aaron Rodgers kind of dud, but a different form of dud. Stephon Diggs is the dud of the week for me, just period. And that's because we watched that picture of Stephon Diggs last year, just with that iconic picture of him just watching the Chiefs celebrate. And you're like, what's going on in his head? He's probably going to come back next year and just tear it up. And like, it's like, you know, emotional torture. He's going to learn from this, probably practice harder. Nah, went three for six, had a pretty obvious eh, miscommunication play, total of seven yards, you know? I understand a lot of that is because the touchdowns are going to Gabriel Davis, right? So it doesn't matter for the Bills who scores a touchdown as long as the touchdown scored. So their focus wasn't to get Diggs a lot of numbers, but going three for six, after everything I just said about how important this game is to Diggs and all of the above, getting only seven yards to not really help your team at all, that's the definition of a dud. The best thing Diggs did was tackle that uh, streaker, <laughs> yeah, the, he fan, did, the fan. He, he did have a two-point conversion, though. That's oh, true. Okay. Yeah. Props, there, props there, there was that. There was yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It, it's tough because you see another receiver put up 200 yards and four touchdowns, yeah. so it's not like passing was deficient for the team. Yeah. And you know Diggs is our star. He has a story, and obviously he, as a number one, he probably expects to perform in big games. Yeah. Uh, so he's probably going to look back on this and be like, dude, you know, I could have done better because we lost by six, blah, 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 when in reality maybe it's not his fault. But at no. the end of the day, dude, if you're a number one receiver, if we put you in categories where, like, you're one of the best receivers yeah. in the league, like – Cooper Cup getting seven yards? Can you imagine a no, world? No. Devontae that, Adams getting seven that's yards? That's not happening. Can you imagine that, that world? That just won't happen. Exactly. And and that's one of the reasons I think you and I were talking earlier this year Jefferson. where we have the one – I have, like, the best, yeah. and then I have, like, one B because it's hard to put them in the second tier. And there's the one thing that digs to me cannot do that, like, the Hopkins, the Adams, and to me even, like, the Jeffersons can do is that, like, there's no aspect of the game that they're deficient in. Diggs – in the red zone, right? Unless he's getting you like a slant or he does a fake in and goes out, they yeah. don't ever throw fade routes that's to true. Stephon Diggs. That's true. Right? That, that's that, true. That, that I'm not using that against him, but when he's up against the Adams and they all they can do all the same things, yeah. where's the difference? Yeah. Adams can get every jump ball in the world. He can get every back shoulder in the world. Stephon Diggs doesn't typically get, yeah. get jump balls. Yeah, I, I look at him like different Pokemons, right? Like, like he's a Charizard. Yeah. So, uh, what's it called? Uh, Adams. Adams. It's Charizard. He can literally do everything, destroy people with every route possible. But the size factor plays a role. Like same same reason uh, Tyreek Hill is never going to be in this conversation. Yeah, for sure. Because you can't throw jump balls. Yeah. You, you take an aspect of the game away. Although they provide other aspects, right? Like Diggs caught the most balls last year, right? So he yeah. was more consistent as far as like security, third downs. But what matters most? Scoring. 
When is the scoring most needed in the red zone? Who do you trust in the red zone? Your number one wide receiver. Yeah, so exactly. he can't provide that. Yeah, it's it's like it, it was like to me. This is com- completely kind of off topic, but like when you're considered the best at your position or the best at anything, you should have you shouldn't have glaring deficiencies. I'm not saying Stefan Diggs does, but like the LeBron James thing, right? LeBron James is considered the best basketball player of all time. He could be, he could be one of the best, if not the best, right? But you get fouled in crunch time and you cannot consistently shoot a free throw, right? Like you're the best player on your team. And when they need points, when they're like, we need to give it to one guy, give him the ball so that when they foul, you got to make the free throws. You can't even trust the best player of all time. Like that doesn't sit well with me. And so that's why not to no fault of dig zone to no fault of Tyree kills, right? He's just undersized. And like you said, Tyree kill provides that level of speed that Devonte Adams will never yeah, provide. Yeah. Right. But just overall receiving skills, also hands for Tyree kill. He just needs to drop a little less passes and digs. You don't have to worry about that, but there are things that those guys do that digs maybe isn't the best. Yeah. at. And, and that's why you're only seeing three catches for seven yards, right? Because yeah. at times big guys, you force the ball to them because yeah. they can jump up and get mm-hmm. it. But there were no balls forced to Stefan no. Diggs. No. That's why Hopkins and Devonte Adams are in a different tier. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he might be in like the Antonio Brown tier though. Diggs yeah. and Antonio yeah. Brown, like Antonio Brown is not going to be the guy that you like throw, yeah. jump off yeah. to. But yeah, he's, you're right. He's Diggs got... is the Charmeleon as Antonio Brown's a Charizard. Yeah, exactly. in their own aspect. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, very, very comparable. Yeah, I agree. God, I love Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Diggs was your dud, or your your dud, studs and duds. Uh, that's it. Anything else you guys want to talk about? There's so no. Much I just shit. I just can't wait for Joe Burrow. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. yeah, dude, uh, it's exciting to watch. Every day that I get to watch Joe Burrow is another reminder that the Nebraska Cornhuskers thought that they were too good for Joe Burrow when he wanted to come play there. Damn. So, um, you know, it's 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 loser mentality like that for franchises that for some reason I'm fans of, where they're like, oh, Joe Burrow? No, nah, we don't it's need him. Chase. Let's just run the football. Run the football. Let's not get good quarterbacks. So, yeah. Um, again, holy shit, what a weekend of football. I don't know what we did to deserve that as football fans. That was incredible. Uh, hopefully we get the similar action next week with two matchups. We'll, we'll preview those, uh, probably on Thursday or Friday, but expect the Brady breeze, big interview, uh, again with Detroit Lions safety, Brady breeze to drop tomorrow at some point. Uh, and we will share that over all of our social media. So feel free to obviously give us a follow, like, subscribe, turn your notifications on. So you know when that drops and you can watch it. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. We're the only playbook. We'll see you next time.